Have you noticed I've been doing that? Like putting fun things at the end. Welcome back teachers and those that love them. I'm here again with Sly and if you'll just remind our listeners who you are. I am a middle school choir director and that, that pretty much wraps that up. Been teaching for 13 years. That's that's a good chunk of time. It really is. To deal with little humans. It really is. Though. It really, really is. <laughs> it feels like it's been longer. So you looking forward to the holidays? So much. What are you going to do? Looking forward to decorating for Christmas, going out and doing Christmassy things with my daughter. After Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like just December. Correct. That's when Christmas starts because poor Thanksgiving and it's middle child syndrome. Turkey tastes like. Welcome to Bad Teacher Tales, where each week we share the good, the bad, and the what the hell of daily teacher life. We'll expose workplace woes that range from unrealistic to impossibly asinine. We'll postulate on parental problems and admin antics. We might even learn a helpful tip or trick. And while we may be bad teachers, we will always leave remembering our why. Those beautiful, bright, baffling students. The opinions read in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the hosts or bad teacher tales. Some language and situations may be unsuitable for children. Ironic, I know. Listener discretion is advised. All right, Sly, this one is called Things Aren't Always As They Appear. You ready for it? The title of everyday teaching. (laughs) Truth. Let's go. This is from a seventh grade teacher from Houston, Texas. Does not say the subject. Maybe we'll find out. Every teacher has their little pet peeves. It could be gum ink instead of pencil, uneven paper edges, yes, or nameless work. Or Velcro. But don't, don't get you started on Velcro. <clears throat> Little things that are more irritating to the teacher than anything, but can still set that teacher on edge. My little pet peeve is tapping the pencils on the desk. No, wait, it's more than a pet peeve. It's sand under my contacts. No, wait. <laughs> Oh, that's a visual. It's more than sand under my contacts. It's a dull cheese grater coated in lemon juice applied directly to my nerves. (laughs) So the way she feels about that is how I feel about Velcro. (laughs) I hate it. So imagine my joy when a student who thought he was the next Ringo Starr joined my class. The tapping. Oh, God, the tapping. Just remember, it sets my eye to twitching. This kiddo did not stop. It disrupted the lesson. It annoyed the other students and sparked unkind comments. It reduced me to a tense ball of stress with red crescents permanently imprinted on my palms as my hands were perpetually clenched to avoid taking that pencil, grinding it to dust under my heel. Or making it a little tiny baby pencil in the pencil sharpener. (laughs) I'd have just snapped it in half and chucked it across the room. I think that's what this teacher wanted to do. Man, I tried everything. I invited him to stand and pace in the back if he had nervous energy. I had private conferences with him. I tried to breathe through it day after day. She really did not like this pencil tapping. I love it. I love that she is going through the exercise of telling us all of her documentation. And all of the, this is how you know she's a teacher. She's like, here's what I did. 
Here's all the things I tried. I breathed. And here's when I finally snapped and lost my shit. <laughs> I can feel it coming. We are building to that. I mean, it works because the next sentence is finally I had no choice. <laughs> it's like I've done this. It has to stop. I reluctantly called home. As I explained to mom that this was no ordinary tapping. You never feel good about calling home about something so ridiculous. ridiculous. But it gets to a point where like, and then you feel like, am I crazy? Because it's just pencil tapping. Why does it bother me so much? But then you're also like, have you, have you seen Batman with like the Joker and the pencil? Like that's where we're headed. If Yeah, we don't like phone calls home anyway. And then add on like having to explain something mundane that... Unless you are in the teaching environment, you don't really understand how pencil tapping can have a huge detrimental effect on the whole class. Yeah, and like you have to frame it that way. Like you can't just be like, hey, your kid is incessantly tapping his pencil no matter what I say. He will not stop and he does not stop. And I I literally, I can't take it anymore. You have to phrase it as a, he is disrupting the educational environment (laughs) for 30 other people. Right. Also, I'm going to go crazy. Like, that's just an afterthought. Like, I like to feed my children, and if this doesn't stop, I may no longer be able to do that. Like, I really would like to, like, see them without, like, metal bars and a plastic phone. Finally, I had no choice. It had to stop. I reluctantly called home. As I explained to Mom that this was no ordinary tapping, but constant and quite disruptive, she sighed warily. I wonder if she knows about this. Like, like, like rather than, (laughs) rather than argue with the teacher, like that's dumb. (laughs) Why are you calling me about this? She just sighed. And then you know that through the teacher off, she's like, wait a minute. This is not a normal reaction. What is about to happen? I thought I was about to get griped at for calling about something so seemingly trivial. Look, we called it. (laughs) But I was in no way prepared for what she told me. Oh God, I can't wait. As it turned out, her son still sucked his thumb. Yep, that's right. Seventh grade kiddo was still an avid thumb sucker. I've talked about seventh grade boys before. This just adds to, you know, the whole, they're their own breed. They really are. Like, they're so sweet and innocent in sixth grade, and then I don't know what happens in seventh grade. It's uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. Let's get back on topic. Okay. Now, this happened when my career was still relatively new. So I was floored. I couldn't believe it. Oh, past me, you sweet summer child. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because I was just sitting here thinking, man, these 13 years of experience really come in handy in predicting what comes next. Like, I couldn't handle this. Like, the things, the choices that I made as a new teacher, I look back and I cringe, and I'm like, oh, you you poor sweet thing. Yeah. You baby teacher. Anyway, so mom went on to explain that the tapping was so that he didn't suck his thumb, thus hopefully avoiding the emotional lashing that he would get from his other middle school peers when they found out that he was a thumb sucker. I was so happy to finally have a clear understanding of what was going on with this baby. He didn't seem like an otherwise disrespectful kiddo. I could not understand why he so blatantly disregarded my request to stop tapping. Well, that makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that mom was able to give him something else and keep him from that embarrassment, for sure, because I can only imagine. Okay, well, now we need to find a more suitable, you know what would be good? One of those, like, chewy necklaces. Yeah, I got I got my son like they were dinosaur teeth, and so he could wear one around his neck oh, and then yeah. chew on it instead of his shirt. 
Yeah, they, he liked to they, chew on they his make shirt. them for like teething babies. Like for it's a nice necklace for like a mom to wear, but it's a teether for a baby. It's silicone. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and all I'm seeing is that teal blue color that they usually are around the seventh grade boy's neck. Well, like, obviously not mine, <laughs> like, one that's made for the mom. Jeez. Thanks for that mental but, picture. Yeah. But no, like, that shark tooth necklace thing that's, like, one that he can chew on, that would... Yeah, especially if it's more of an oral fixation. Because that's clearly, I mean, like, where were we? Exactly. Sucking his thumb. I, I'm going to go back just a little bit so that we re-align uh, gotcha. ourselves. He didn't seem like an otherwise disrespectful kiddo. I could not understand why he would so blatantly disregard my requests to stop tapping. It would have been so easy to let my irritation and emotions get the better of me, and then I might have handled the situation much differently. As it ended up, a quick trip to the dollar store, a baggie of silent fidgets and stress balls, and a private, understanding conversation later, peace finally reigned in my classroom. Yay, Yay, teacher! Did you just snap? I just snapped. (laughs) Snaps for this teacher. Where's that from? My elementary teacher almost came out and I almost did a silent cheer. They can't see you. I know they can't. Things, especially student behavior, are not always what they seem. It's so easy to take poor behavior at face value, make the basest of assumptions, and go straight to negative. Teachers who do that extra legwork and get to know their students as people with their own issues, personalities, and struggles will often find reasons behind behaviors, good and bad, that go way deeper than simply disrespectful noncompliance. And it is so worth it. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you have to... There's always a reason. It may not be like thumb-sucking or something like dramatic. Actual, like, sometimes the reason is just to piss you off. Like That is... Real, uh-huh. But that's a reason. But only, I mean, but it, they only continue that if you let them... Piss you off. Yeah, that's valid. Have you ever had a situation where a student, like, there's something behind the facade of the kid or the... I've got one kid in mind. He was, like, the cool kid at school, you know? The, you know, tough exterior, like... He wasn't... He wasn't rude and verbally a bully or anything like that, right? But he, he was definitely, like, one of those, like, popular kids with that tough exterior. And... He was in, I taught one year of teen leadership. And so one of the things, it was, it was, it was a thing. It was an interesting experience. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so I had them journal almost every single day. And of course I'd give them like some sort of prompt or whatever. And it was supposed to be therapeutic journaling, not meant to be shared. Right. But with the understanding that they knew that I would be reading their work I did give them the option to write at the beginning of any of the days, please don't read, so that they could free write. And I knew not to read that because they wanted to stay private, but they want to be able to say something. I have a question. Yes. About that. Yeah. If they put do not read and they write something in there about unaliving themselves or... You still got to report it. But you didn't read it. I skimmed them for those. Yeah, but I don't read them. They so it it's like, it's a tricky thing, right? I did come across some. There were a couple of times that things were kind of like oof, and I did have to tell the counselor. I presented it as I saw this word, it jumped off the page. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to read it. Just understand that I saw this and it concerned me, so I went back and I read it. 
And I wanted to let you know that it's like your best interest that I am having to now let the counselor know that we, you need to have a conversation. Did that? It didn't hurt um, relationships, I think, presenting okay. it that way. I and also think like... they're not dumb, right? Middle schoolers aren't dumb. They know that we're going to, we, we have access to that. Right? These books are left in my room. They know that I have them. They know that I read all the other ones. They, they can't think that I just can completely avoid the do not read. Now, I think it help, I think they just want to give themselves permission to write a little bit more freely. And I think that helps them give themselves that permission, having that option and, and thinking they have privacy. Because if they really wanted privacy, they would go home and write it in a journal. It's feigned privacy. I think that's where us as caring adults, it gets tricky because we want them to continue to trust us and their ability to trust us is what allows us to keep them safe. And if we don't report it, are we keeping them safe? It's tough. It's a whole thing. And I think you, I think it's important that you have conversations with students that trust you and that want to confide in you. And I've had to tell students, I want you to trust me. I want you to tell me whatever's on your mind. And just know if it covers one of these topics, I have to report it. So if you're not comfortable with that, don't tell me. I, we, we digress. So this boy, he um, he had this you know big tough exterior, and he I didn't have I didn't have any problems. I would hear about him having problems with other teachers, other classes, and kind of being a smart ass kind of stuff, right? But I didn't really see any of that, and. Um, and I would read his notebook and it was, he just had a lot on his plate and a lot at home that he was dealing with and nothing that was like major and like report worthy, right? Excuse me. It wasn't, it wasn't those big topics that we have to report, yeah, but it was, it was just like, you know, know, yeah. And, and just his relationship with his mom and his dad and his brother, I think it was, an older brother and just like his worry about things. And he would just really like, he would really say how he felt. And so it, it, you know, turned, it really made me think a different way about him because it, it was no longer this, this cool, tough guy. It was this struggling feeling human yeah. that had this shell, right? And that yeah, tough guy persona was the shell. Yeah. That's his survival. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the talking back to other teachers and the being rude, it was, it, it was, it was a front. Okay, so Sly, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us a things that work or a why we do this. Do you have one of those for us? Yeah, I have a things that work. So I, I like, all right, we're going to get to know me a little bit. So I don't know if I've told on here. I probably have, but I have ADHD, so I get, you know, I think we've heard squirrel, super easy distracted. <laughs> um, like, if I'm in the middle of a sentence and a student interrupts me with, can I go to the bathroom or get a drink of water? Like, I'm like, what were we talking about? And I just stand there loading for the next five minutes. <laughs> so, I am really big on sign language in my class and just silent hand signals for restroom, tissue, water. Do not interrupt me with words if you do not have to interrupt me with words. Fair. But, so, I had this kid my third, I don't know, they all blend together, third or fourth year. And, um, I found out from his mom that he had autism and, um, he would frequently yell out in class. If he didn't want to do something, you were going to know he was going to make sure you knew he did not want to do that. 
So I, I had a conversation with his mom and just tried to get some better understanding with him of like understanding of like what his needs were. And she told me, she's like, he really struggles with, you know, emotional regulation and response. I was like, okay, great. We can work on that. So the guy I told him, I was like, I, I like the thing that prompted that phone call was like, I said, Hey class, we're going to do this. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, no. Okay. And yet <clears throat> you're going to, because that's what we're doing. And so that's what prompted the phone call. Called mom, talked to her, and found out. I was like, okay. So I didn't know at that point that he had autism. So the school district was not great about their special education paperwork. <clears throat> Lovely. Oh, yeah. That's helpful. I talked to mom, and mom, you know, kind of filled me in on all that. And so I had a conversation with the next day. I told him, I was like, hey, I want to know what you're feeling. I want to know if you want to do something or if you don't. But you cannot yell at me like that in class. That is inappropriate. And plus, we all know if one kid says no, then other kids think they can say no. And that just opens <laughs> right? problems. Yep. So I told him, I was like, you can use sign language to tell me. So I told him, I taught him yes and no. And I told him that he could yell those at me as loudly as he wanted. Because it's sign language. Mm-hmm. Sign language. I love that idea. I have never <clears throat> been yelled at so loudly in sign language in my life. That is a great and now listeners, I know things you, that work. I know you cannot see the face I'm about to make, but like this is what happened. Like I said, we're gonna do this, and he was like, like his nostrils. She's making that. He had like this giant eye, like angry look, like he was about to go crazy, and he's just giving me that no symbol. I had to try not to laugh. I was dying inside, like I was laughing so hard. And I, you know, told him to give me a second and I would talk to him after, got everybody set up on their thing and then pulled him up from a desk. I was like, all right, what would you like to be doing instead? And he told me, he's like, well, I was really upset about this earlier. And I was like, okay, so here's a notebook and we're going to like leave this notebook at the back table with a pencil for you. And you can go to the back table and you can write me, you can just journal about your feelings. And he did. Anytime he was upset, he has to go sit. And this is first grade. He'd ask to go sit in the back table and write about his feelings. He'd draw pictures about it. He would literally write it out. Nice. And every once in a while, when his mom was at the school, like, I'd let her go through it so she could see what was going on with him. And Probably good therapy, too. Yeah, I mean, because writing is really therapeutic. And his nose became less and less and less and less. So here's from a different kind of person. This is a librarian. Ooh. Here's, this is a why we do this. This is a first-year librarian from Missouri City. She says, I'm a first-year librarian. I went to a Saturday PD hosted by a librarian I follow on Twitter. Oh, that's cool. That's a thing. That's <laughs> a thing now. It's a thing. It wasn't a thing 10 years ago. My family, my family thought that it was weird I went to a training on a Saturday, but it was for something I really cared about, creating reader's advisory lists on Canva. The session was so quick and informative, but my family was so quick to remind me of my mantra lately, act your wage. Oh, let's not let's not even yeah. sidetrack that one. <laughs> I spent that whole that weekend <laughs> creating my readers' advisory list on Canva, and it was quite difficult to find books that I actually owned, since the books in the library don't feel like they're officially mine yet. I finally was happy with my lists, but at what cost? Was I going too above and beyond by working on a Saturday when the kids wouldn't even notice? A few days go by, and a teacher brings her classroom in for a quick checkout. The first thing a sweet little girl asked me, who I could tell was a reader, do you have any recommendations? Oh, 
I immediately hopped up and brought her my book lists. This student checked out three titles from my book list that day, and I could tell by the ones she checked out what she had read in the past. She gave me the cheeriest thank you, and I remember why I spent all of that time on my weekend to share my love of books with kids. That's awesome. That was cute. <laughs> That's a great one. So her. I mean, you're spending one day on something, maybe even one weekend. That isn't bad. And that's making your job easier in the long run. That's true. And she has those lists for lots of kids, not just the one. Yeah, it's not like you're doing this every weekend. It was one weekend, and it makes your job easier. Hey, librarian, I hope that you take those lists, and you print them, and you make menus on the tables. That'd be so cool. That would be really cute. And then and then even kids just sitting at your table or whatever in the morning or doing homework. I don't know what, what all the library is used for. But... Uh, <laughs> But maybe someone that wouldn't necessarily have picked up that list or ask for it like that girl asking for recommendations would benefit from your lists. I know me, like I definitely would like, that's a weird title. What is that book about? And I'd go look for it and I'd read what it's about. Well, she says lists. And so I wonder if they're by genre or something. Well, I would think she like. And she said that the girl, she could tell what kinds of books this other the girl checked out otherwise based on what she chose i'm wondering how they how it's organized email me back and let me know how it's organized because now i'm really curious and like as soon as you said menus i'm like be our guest (laughs) apparently you're gonna make it into a beauty and the beast themed be our guest menu tell me it wouldn't be a harry potter themed one in your room well of course it would be and it would just be like sorcerer stone Prisoner of Azkaban. You <laughs> see, it doesn't even need, just one list is fine. One list. <laughs> Seven books. Seven books. Maybe eight. <laughs> no. If you're into no. plays. No. No. I mean, I am into plays because I teach theater. Also. No, and also it, not going need, on my menu. I read about it in Hogwarts. <laughs> okay, Hermione. Now it's your turn. Have you had an experience that would make a great story? Submit it to our Google form for consideration. You can teach any age, grade, or subject. Have a feel-good story or advice for other teachers? Share that to be featured on the pod. All entries are anonymous unless you give specific permission for us to use identifiers. Your comfort in sharing is important to me. Also important is your feedback and suggestions. Teachers. Anything you want to hear advice on in particular? Non-teachers, anything you want to know more about in the teaching profession? Use the suggestion link in the show notes. In addition, I'm asking you to please write a review if you are enjoying this podcast. I always hear other hosts emphasize how important this is for expanding their audience, but didn't realize just how true that was until I had my own. So if you could please... Take the time to rate and review. I get eight weeks from release to make Apple's new and noteworthy list. Help me get there by rating, reviewing, and then sharing from the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Bad Teacher Tales. We all know how well teachers are paid, so to help keep our families from living out of a van down by the river, consider supporting us on Patreon, linked in our episode notes. As we are a self-directed, produced, and funded production, any support is appreciated. 
To submit a story for consideration, visit our website, badteachertales.com, and follow the link to our Google form. All submissions are anonymous to our listeners. For podcast updates or to interact with the hosts, join us on Instagram or Twitter, at Bad Teacher Tales, and our Facebook group, Bad Teacher Tales-Podcast. As it turned out, her son still sucked. <laughs> what? What does he do? He sucks a thumb. <laughs> it's a good thing that it's not an F. <sighs> it's what I thought came out. I think it kind of was an F T H sound. It was something. Words are hard. Breathe. DJ, you could still, you know. Put it in your mouth and like hold it between your teeth and like suck on the end of it or whatever you yeah. need to do. To, you know. That doesn't sound dirty at all. I am really trying to be a grown up scare. Can you please join me over here in grown up teacher world? No. Not tonight. Cross jokes and understand why you're like this. Because you're my friend. <laughs> I did not come predisposed oh God, to this. That was so hard to keep a straight face.